Welcome to A Handful of Hope, where we bring you heart-to-heart conversations with heart-centered people. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of A Handful of Hope. I am so happy and grateful to have Denise with us today, who's a certified professional coach, business strategist, corporate dropout, and former workaholic who helps women create and execute their corporate exit strategy to finally do work they love. Denise spent a good part of her life doing all the things she thought she should and made safe choices instead of following her heart. She settled into corporate America, then into owning and running a family spa business, and it nearly broke her. After reaching extreme burnout, Denise left the business, sold her suburban house, and moved across the country to San Diego, where she dove headfirst into personal development and into rediscovering what was really important to her. Once she found a way to reconnect to what brought her joy and work through what held her back, from living her purpose, Denise knew she had to help others do the same. Today, she teaches women to make unapologetically authentic decisions and clear the mental blocks to create happy, fulfilling lives through her practice, the Firefly Moment. Denise, welcome and thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, this is going to be incredible because I think that something that's in your bio yeah. is you're talking about growing up and doing the things that you thought you were supposed to do. And I feel like, so we're in this really unique time right now. It's the time of the recording. We're in the middle of the Corona COVID shelter in place, lockdown, quarantine, you know, whatever term we're using. And I think that there's an incredible opportunity for people in this time to really take an examination of what they want their life to be like going forward and who, because many of us are raised in that traditional model of, okay, you, you, you're a kid. You go to school, you get your education, you're, you may not even learn to like it, but you're told you have to do it because you might use it someday. Yep. And then you get some more education that you may find that you necessarily really don't like and you find yourself questioning, why am I doing this? But then people always tell you, well, you may use it one day. And then once you get the education, you get a job because that's what you're supposed to do. And then from the job, you're supposed to get a mortgage and then get a partner and get some family and get some debt. And in here in the USA, we call that the American dream. And the statistics support that that is not really a dream when we have 60, 80% of people living here report strongly disliking, hating the job, 50 plus percent first marriages in a divorce. The list goes on and on. Heart disease is the biggest killer in the USA and probably around the world. So people negating health, fitness, quality of life. Is this time now the time to, for people to really look at and assess what they want in life, what they want in career going forward? I think, and of course, these are generalizations. I think generally, I think it's happening automatically for people, for people that I'm, I'm talking with. When you're forced to stay at home, like we are now, you can't, you're not as distracted by things as you normally would be in your day-to-day life. And so in my conversations with people, what I'm noticing is things are starting to come up for them. They are starting to get question things about themselves, about their lives, about who they are, about what they want. And they're starting to feel a little bit more passionately about it, whether they're really not liking something or they're really starting to realize the things that they do like. And a lot of people are starting more so to want to do something of service. Um, so I think, I think the answer is, is yes. Um, 
even even I'm just thinking even in nature right now, the birds, I don't know what it's like around you, Jesse, but by me, there are so many more birds that are chirping out. I'm seeing photos of animals who are coming into cities and walking around. Have you seen any of those? Oh, yeah, I just saw a video this morning of it. And it's <laughs> the penguins strolling through the streets of South Africa is so cool. And there are jackals in Tel Aviv on the yeah, street. Yeah. <laughs> all this stuff and i just feel like a lot of things are starting to come back a little bit more into balance and i think also just to that nature piece as we're more so in a more natural setting so to speak i feel like we can't help but connect to ourselves on a deeper level mm. we're removed a little bit more from all the external stuff that normally driving in the car and sitting in traffic or being in our in a cubicle in an office building somewhere we're, we're removed from that stuff Denise, you said something about passion, and it was really interesting. I want to note that. You, a lot of times when we hear passion, we talk about what are we passionate for? What are we passionate for? What are, you, what are your passions? And you said getting passionate about what we may not want. Mm -hmm. Can you expand on that a little bit? Because I think that's a really, really powerful notion, because I think people sometimes struggle with passion, with the belief that they may not be understanding of what they want. And so if they're not sure what they want or they don't believe they can really get it, how are they supposed to have passion? But we can actually be passionate about what we don't want and start to move away from that. It's true. I have I have a couple things to say about that. Please. <laughs> so, regarding the passion point, I'm starting to notice that in certain clients that I'm talking to. So one client, for instance, now that she's working from home, she's realizing how much she really, she thrives from working at home and not being in the office. And it's becoming really important for her. And she's she's in the process of looking for a new job. And, and she's like, I, there has to be a piece of this element now in my new job where I'm working mm -hmm. at home. Another client of mine was in this similar boat to what you were saying, where she was struggling to figure out what it was she was passionate about. And she and I had thrown around a couple of ideas about what, what direction she might want to move into. And now since this has happened, some of those ideas she's crossed off the list. She's, she's like, I realize I really don't want to be doing that anymore. I don't want to be doing that at all. And so I think people are just starting to get a little bit more clear in general about who they are. And so this kind of is a perfect segue into the second piece of what I wanted to say, where I really think that on some sort of a deeper level, there is a piece of us that is aware of what we would really love to do and what we are passionate about. But for some reason, something's happened in our lives that made us feel like it wasn't possible for us for whatever reason. Maybe we don't make enough, we couldn't make enough money doing that, someone told us. Maybe we're mm. not good enough to do that or it's not the right thing, it's not acceptable or whatever it is. And so we moved away from that and we turned away from it, it became a no for us. But oftentimes I find too, for instance, let's say if I'm gonna be starting to talk to somebody, um, in the first couple email exchanges, you know, I ask them like, oh, what would you love to do if money wasn't an object? And at first they're like, I don't know, they're like, I'm not sure. But then they fill out the consult sheet for me and then they always have something in there. All of a sudden they kind of know. It's wanting to open a women's shelter. It's wanting to work with rescue dogs or whatever it might be. There are a lot of different things. Being a marine biologist, so many things. A piece of us, I think, always knows, but we just don't think it's possible for us to do that or have that. That's so fascinating. Why, why do you think, so a piece of us always knows, and as you say that, I totally resonate with that. Why, why is it that we don't listen to that piece more? What is it that keeps us from, I mean, I just think like what life would it be like for everybody, like the global collective of humanity, if we all honored living in the alignment with that peace, why, why, do, why do we not do that? 
Well, first I'm thinking of, there's a quote and I think it's by Robert Bly, I believe. And it, it's something along the lines of, we spend, um, we spend the first few years of our lives having people tell us like, don't do that, don't do that, don't be this way. And then we kind of shove it away into a bag. And then we spend the rest of our lives fishing around in that bag, trying to find those missing pieces and pulling them out again. I think, I think a lot of times this kind of stuff happens when we're young, we're young-ish to a certain point. And I'm not sure exactly why, it might be different for different people, but maybe there's an element of feeling like whoever said that to us or, or whatever might know better because we're so young. Um, it might be hard to pinpoint exactly why, but whether it's told to us or whether it's for whatever reason in our own brains that we can't do it, for whatever reason, it becomes a no for us. And then we just mm -hmm. push it aside. Um, but then I don't think that desire ever goes away. I think it's still tucked under there somewhere, which um, is what I try and do with people is to really help them reconnect to who they are and what they want. And especially um, helping them to learn their intuition's language, to really connect to what it feels like in your body when your intuition is talking to you. And to then start making decisions from that place and just forgetting about what you think you should be doing and really connecting to what you want to be doing. So we're using intuition to identify that piece. So what, what, for people who may not be familiar with intuition, what does that look like? What does it feel like? I mean, I hear, I hear it described as a gut feeling, which I've experienced that, but I've also found for me, intuition is something so much, it's so much deeper. And when I, when it says gut feeling, just almost the way we say it, gut feeling, both your gut, it sounds almost aggressive. And I, for me, I find intuition is always a much more intimate, almost very soothing kind of presence. So when you're, when you're teaching your clients to identify intuition, what, what are the keys that they should be looking for? So it's so interesting what you said about how it's more of a calming, soothing kind of a feeling. Um, because first of all, what I'm trying to think of where to go with this because I have so many things that I could say. One of the things that I do with people is um, I work with them on different energy levels. And so there's an assessment that I do with people which looks at the seven different levels of energy or consciousness that people have. And the lower ones are more stressful and heavier. And then as you get up higher and higher, it becomes more lighter and open and creative. And so where I'm going with this is when you get to level six, out of seven, then that's the level of when you're in flow. And that's kind of like when, you know, you're just, let's say you're doing something and you just lose track of time. And along with that level, there's feelings of peace, of just acceptance, of just really not feeling really very emotional about stuff. Not that you're not passionate, but you're not triggered by stuff. And you're more in a space of responding to things and not reacting to things. And that's the place where I feel like when you get into flow and you just, you're more connected to yourself. Because I believe a lot of times intuition, you can take this or leave this, is when you're, connect, you're connecting to your inner GPS, so to speak, or if you want to use it this way, it's when higher power or universe is talking through you and you're just pulling out those messages. Like I remember there was this time I read, okay, and this happened so long ago, so I'm not quoting anybody, but Michelangelo, you know, do you know how he used to create those marbles, those cherubs carved out of marble? Do you know what I'm talking about? He did sculptures and they were angels. You know, honestly, I, <laughs> when you said Michelangelo, I immediately thought of the Ninja Turtles. So I totally, <laughs> I, was, I was thinking, oh yeah, when he made the great pizza thing. But no, I do know what you mean about Michelangelo because I yeah. was thinking after I, I, my maturity hat went on, 
I, I saw you know, the retelling of the Sistine Chapel and him laying upside down, how he laid upside down like that for like 15 years or whatever it was, and it damaged mm -hmm. his eyesight and his hands because of it. But mm -hmm. Yeah, and someone apparently once said to him, hey, Michelangelo, how did, you, how did you know that those angels were there? How did you create those angels out of marble? And he's just like, they were always there. I just set them free. Hmm. And so my point is, I feel like when, you're, when your intuition is talking to you, that's, that's some sort of information that you're just kind of, you're just getting. You're, let's say you're pulling it from the universe. It's your internal GPS. And I know I'm kind of going out into the wild there a little bit, but to bring it back home um, to the gut feeling comment, um, it can show up in a lot of different ways. Like I've noticed for me, when my intuition is talking to me, I will get a little bit of like a butterflies in my stomach. I get a lightness, like a pressure in my head. I get tingles on my arms, like from my elbows down and my legs down. It's a very specific feeling that I get now. So what I love to have people do is, even if it's something, you can start out really, really small. Like let's say it's about, now in this pandemic age, this might not be appropriate, but I'm like, let's say you want to go out to dinner with a friend to a restaurant, right? Or pick a movie or something. Make-believe land. <laughs> exactly, in, in make-believe land, right? And then you get a feeling about, you really want to go to this restaurant. And you're like, oh my God, I know. This new Italian place opened up around the corner. Let's go there. What is that feeling? Catch yourself right then and there. What are you oh. feeling in your body right then? And then make a note of it on your phone. Like you can open up, you know, the notes app on your, on your phone yeah, yeah. and just notice if you scan your body, what am I feeling, you know, from tip to toe and then start noticing little things like that. Or let's say you're throwing a birthday party for a friend. Again, let's pretend in make-believe land, right? You're throwing <laughs> and you're so excited. You can't wait. You can't wait to have this party and remember. T tap into what those feelings are. Even imagine it. Imagine a time when something like this happened or your best friend told you the most exciting news, like they just got their offer accepted for their dream house. Again, make-believe land. What are your feelings as you're feeling so excited for your friend? These are the feelings that you get when your intuition is telling you yes. Hmm. And once you can start identifying what these feelings are in your body, then even if you're in a stressful, challenging situation, like let's say whatever, you're at work and you have to make a decision, you can check in with yourself. Am I feeling those feelings or no? And mm. so it makes it even easier to make decisions based on what your intuition is telling you because it gives you signals. And I found that the more you listen to it, the more you listen to what that is, it's like, oh, cool. She hears me or he, hear, he, he understands what I'm saying. And then it just, the feelings just becoming, they start becoming more and more prominent and more strong. Mm. I love that. So it's, it's, it's creating a, creating a blueprint, a reference point, so then you can really cross-check in real time. And, and then understanding too, and this might be a really important piece of it, it's understanding that there is, you know, going back to that identifying what we want or what we don't want during this time, it's understanding that there is another alternative out there for you that you've experienced before, but you just may not recognize it. And I love how you're breaking this down because I think sometimes people misinterpret in, intuition they think it's woo woo or some sort of like, you know, crazy, I don't know what, but to identify it as that feeling, a familiar feeling, that's this really good, joyous kind of feeling mm -hmm. that we've all experienced at some point. It gives us all a reference point, some sort of North Star that we can compare to. And yes, totally, 100%. And another, to take this a step farther, one thing that I love to have people do too is, as you start doing this, start making a note, maybe in a journal, 
I love to create databases of proof for things. Like when you take action on that gut feeling that you had, that intuitive hit, how did that turn out for you? Did it lead you in the right direction? Were you happy with the, the results? Because a lot of people might get that feeling, but then they're afraid to go after it. Like they mm -hmm. might love to be a baker, let's say, and they, they've been having this like bug in their ear forever and ever like, oh, I'd love to do that. That would be so great. Or a lot of times if you get jealous about what someone else is doing, you're like, oh my God, that's so nice. They're a baker. They get to bake all day. Like how nice for them. It must be so easy for them. Well, that's an indication of something that you want for yourself, but mm -hmm. for whatever reason, you don't go there. So if you can just start building proof for yourself that yes, when you do follow your intuitive hits, they do lead you in the right direction. Then you start having more confidence and trusting that and taking action on those messages as well. God, I love that. It reminds me, I think I was told, uh, I'm, I'm going to butcher this, but it was something mm -hmm. like we have complaints because we're aware we had alternate choices that we didn't make. I love that. It's something like that. In fact, the reason we complain or the reason we may judge someone else is because we recognize that there was a choice that we had available to us and we didn't make. So good. Right? Yes. And that could be even then too, though, that almost seems to me in a way it's intuition knocking if we look at it, but it goes back to that that piece you said early on about passion, what we don't want, it's mm. just showing up in a different way. We're just mischanneling the energy. Oh yeah. Right. So mm. it's, it's, it's like, yeah, gosh, that's so fascinating. So people who, how do we start? To, I mean, how do we start to, okay. So now we understand how to identify it. Now we understand to look for ways to know what it looks like. How do we start directing that towards making decisions? Because for some of us who are, if we're in that place where we're really sitting there and asking those questions, understanding that the world that we grew up in, the world that we knew, it's changed. It's, yeah. it's, it's for the immediate future, it's changed. We're things that were fundamentally, it's going to be, I remember after 9-11, how much things changed. You know, you couldn't go and cross through security anymore to see people off at the airport. You couldn't be there to greet them when they came out of the gate, things like that but I think this is going to have an even more magnified change and it's going to be globally in so many ways. Hopefully that inspires people to really stop to pause and take a look at who and what they want to spend their time with and doing. Yeah. How do we start to tie the two together? We are marrying intuition with actionable stuff around that about creating, making, moving towards the career life, all those aspects of what we really want. Yeah, so to this, I'm gonna tie back quickly into the energy levels that I mentioned before. Um, so the first two levels of that, these are the most stressful and heavy ones. Level one, which is the lowest, it's the level of the victim. So that's when you start feeling like you're anxious, you're out of control, you're a victim of circumstance, you're feeling stressed, there's nothing you can do about things. Level two is the level of the fighter. And that's when you're really, really angry about stuff and you just want to win. And so as you go up in the levels, as I mentioned before, they start getting a little bit more peaceful, more open until you get to like a win-win situation. And eventually level seven is the level of enlightenment, so to speak. But there are different levels. So where I'm going with this also is as you start moving up the energy levels, those really intense, heavy, negative reactions, those feelings that you have, they start dissipating a little bit. So it's when we have those reactions, we're in that level one and level two energy, the anxiety, the stress, the anger, when we have a tendency to more so react to things 
and not respond to things. And reacting to things a lot of times, it is that knee-jerk reaction. A lot of times it's to protect yourself or to prevent something from happen happening. It's very fear-based. But then you start becoming more objective and just kind of more open because you're not being triggered as much by those, those old emotions and those old thoughts. So now to finally come back to your, your question, um, if one can find a way to get to a place where they, they're, they're in the zone, they're really calm, they feel like they're losing track of time. Some people, it's running. I love sometimes to just go in my car at night. I'll drive with the sunroof open and the windows down and music playing. And, and you just feel like you're just in flow, like everything's right with the world. You're mm. genuinely feeling at peace. And when you can center yourself in that kind of a way, then that's when you can make really clear rational decisions that are really connected to what you want, who you are, your intuition speaks loud and clear, and then you're sure, but in a very calm kind of a way that, yes, this is what I need to do. You just kind of know, as opposed to like, screw them, I'm not going to do that, or like, oh my God, I'm so scared, but what if this happens? I don't know. Those are not the decisions that are coming from your intuition or your gut when you're feeling those kinds of things. That makes a lot of sense. So I think that's such an important contrast, the difference mm -hmm. between screw them, I'm scared to feeling at peace. Yeah. Denise, why do most people settle and work? Yeah. I think a lot of times we get onto a path when we first, if one went to college, you, you get onto some sort of a path and then who knows why you got onto the path? Maybe it was because you wanted to make money. A lot of times I know I was hearing that a lot. I think a lot of people are like, what can you do that's gonna make you money? And I'm not saying that money obviously is an important part of our society. It's a fact of life. I'm not saying anything about that, but we're making decisions from the wrong kind of a place. And so we get on this path. It might be fine. I worked a job for a long time. That was fine. It was okay. But I could still feel deep down that there was something more for me, something else that I wanted. But I just, I was on my path already and I was just like, well, I'm just going to stay here. I had my blinders on. No, this is where I need to be. You know, I'm already doing this and I'm just going to deal with it. And I would find another job doing the same thing, but at a different address with different colleagues. And it was the same situation. Nothing really changed. So we, I think a lot of times we'll just, we'll just be rushed to get on some sort of a path. Maybe it's some sort of a fear-based decision. And then it's really hard to get off the path. A lot of times people are, are afraid of losing love and approval from their family and their friends. Um, and so they don't want to really become an artist or, or become a caterer or a seamstress or whatever mm -hmm. it may be, because, you know, maybe their parents won't approve or their friends, they're all going into corporate and their friends will laugh at them or who knows what it is. But we get, oftentimes I think we get stuck on a path and just have a tendency to stay there. But I still believe that those feelings, those things that you want to do, that it doesn't really ever go away. It's always, in my experience, it's always there underneath the surface. You know, I never heard or considered that before with the idea that we, even if we leave a job, we go to another job that's similar. It's different people, different office, but it's similar. It, it echoes that relationship story that we've all heard, right? Where we date the same person, different name. And it's like these patterns keep repeating themselves over and over again. You know, what does it take for someone to have their, their awakening, come to Jesus moment, aha, to look at it and say, you know, I, this, this isn't, this isn't what I really want. Unfortunately, I think a lot of people have a tendency to keep going and pushing through until they get to a really dangerous point. Like I had, mm. I got so burnt out by the time I really decided, like I was 40 when it happened. And I got to this point where I was a business owner. I owned a home you know, on the outside. Everything looked like it was perfect. 
And on the inside, I started shoving myself farther and farther and farther away to be able to manage the responsibilities that I had. And then finally, I, I literally couldn't do it anymore. I literally couldn't. And I was like, what is going on? I thought that by doing this, I'd get to a place of feeling at peace and fulfilled and joyful and like I'd plateau at least at some point. And that never happened. And for me, I didn't really feel like I had a choice. I had to take a take a move. And a lot of times people get to some sort of a breaking point where they can't fake it anymore. Mm. And they have to make some sort of some sort of a decision. Because I think if things are comfortable for people, I don't think it's like it's comfortable enough. Why should I change? But I think things have to cross some sort of a line for someone to really be like, this isn't working anymore. I can't do this anymore. Going back to the the notion of the gift of this time, right? For many of us, this may be pushing us to that breaking point. Yes. And it, it beckons the opportunity to invite the possibility that, you know, the notion life happens for us, not to us. So somebody wants to embrace it, their game to play in that space that, okay, life's happening for them. They've been pushing too hard. They realize it. They're in a job that they... It's, it's not their passion. It's not their love. They don't wake up in the morning going, yippee. They wake up in the morning and go, ugh. <laughs> totally. Right? And so they're willing to play in the space that maybe just maybe everything that's happening right now, it's brought them to a place where they're confronted with the life they've lived and the possibility of the life they want to live. But they're not sure where to begin with that. Mm-hmm. What's the mm-hmm. first step that person needs to take? So first, here's the good news. It's not like someone has to quit their job today and all of a sudden tomorrow be into something completely different. So that's one thing I think people keeps people stuck where they assume that that's what has to happen, but it's not. So what I think people can do is, here's an example. Um, I, I think, as I keep mentioning, we all kind of know on some level what it is that we love, but become, because it, it comes so naturally to us, I don't think we even realize that other people may not like that or may not be good at that. For example, I have this friend and she's um, a personal shopper for women. And one time we were having this conversation and she was like, well, yeah, I mean, I never really did this before because I'm a woman. Of course I love to shop. All women love to shop. And I'm like, I'm raising my hand. I'm like, okay, this woman doesn't love to shop. Like, I don't love to do that, you know? And then like my dad loves cars. I could care less about cars, but he's so passionate about it. So we have that thing that we really love and we may not think it's anything unusual because we just love it. It's, we just do, period. But to come back and answer your question, I, there's something about being curious and just being open. If there's something that's calling to you that you're really kind of excited about, whatever that may be or look like, just start getting information. I know a lot of people, there are some people who are busier now than ever at work, like people on the front line and healthcare workers. But for a lot of people, they have a lot of extra free time now. They're not doing their commute anymore. Maybe they're not working as many hours, whatever it may be. And take just, even if it's like 15 minutes a day, maybe watch a YouTube video, Mm. find someone that you can connect to, to ask questions. Just start, just start following that curiosity. And you'll know if you're bored by it, don't follow it anymore. That's not what's for you. But if you start getting more excited and more curious about it, let yourself go in that direction. It's like follow that breadcrumb trail. Um, this reminds me of my favorite quote, actually. It's by, um, oh gosh, all of a sudden, I can't remember his name, Robert. Um, it'll come to me. Anyway, the quote is, if you, if you think you can see your path laid out in front of you step by step, 
that's not your path that you see. That's someone else's path that they've already walked because your path, you create it step by step as you walk it. And so I love to take that analogy a little bit farther and say, imagine that you're in a forest, it's nighttime and you're on a trail and you know that you're on a trail, but it's dark. So you don't know what's coming up ahead of you. You don't know if there's a little house over up on the left or there's like a mountain coming up on the right. You don't know because all you have is this flashlight. But if you think about it, the flashlight and you're holding it, it's going to illuminate the next step you take, maybe the next two. Then as you take that step, your flashlight's beam also moves up and you'll see the step after that. So there really is a little bit of an element of being open and being curious and exploring and following that and just seeing where that takes you and being open to it. And that can get you farther than you think. That can get you farther than you think when you start actually taking action on it. I love you said that because it, it's almost like it gives us permission to focus on now versus I think so many of us were so, we're so incredibly hard on ourselves. I'll raise my hand with this too. And that we think that we're supposed to be somewhere different than we are living a life that we've never lived before. Yeah. And we'll often compare that to someone else because we see their Instagram feed or their Facebook feed and they, they've, hypnotized us to believe that they have a picture perfect life. But as you just said before, on the outside, things can look absolutely great. And the inside things can be absolutely not so great at all. And, and it's really is, it's getting back to that. I love that idea of picking up your flashlight and walking with it, just picking up your flashlight and trusting that the path will make itself, make itself clear. There is an element of trust to that, and that can be scary. But when you think about it, the only time change really, really happens is when we do move out of our comfort zone. And that's why just taking baby steps is okay. But just start taking baby steps and whatever's really lighting you up. And it could, maybe it's not even like, what job is there that I really love to do? Because for me, it was always, I loved having one-on-one -on -one conversations with people. That's always been my jam, always. I'm a coach, and that's how I work with people. I work with them one-on-one, -on -one, and I've always loved that. And I used to think that I wanted to be a therapist when I was in high school because I didn't even know about coaches then at that point. I don't, I don't even know if that industry was in, invented yet, but, um, or at least not to the way that it is now. But I always knew that I wanted to do one-on-one -on -one or that's what I loved. But for a long time, I was like, oh, what am I going to do? That's that kind of a conversation. You know, how can I do that mm -hmm. as work? So it might not be like a, a job label yet, but that will become apparent, I think, as you, again, just start following what, whatever's showing up for you. I mean, Denise, this has been incredible in so many ways, and we, we're running out of time, so let's ask one last question. If people do take this time to pause, and really, I, I love you noted about change. Sometimes change has to be forced on us. It's the nature of change, and change has been forced on all of us. So we're already all in a state of change. And there's really an incredible opportunity to embrace that, just go with it, because the world, life happening for us, has forced it upon us in a massive way. What, what do you believe can be possible for people? What do you actually not even believe? What do you know can be possible for people if they really embrace that change, if they listen to their intuition, if they grab their flashlight, if they focus on one step in front of the other, if they trust that the path, while they may not see it all, is going to lead them to where they need to be? What's possible for them? Your life is completely different. The way you live life, the way you see your life, I can't even... I wish there were words that I could use. I'm almost coming to tears even just thinking about it, how deeply your life changes. It's like your work and your life 
it's no longer separate. You don't have to find work-life balance anymore because it's just your passion. It's who you are and you're sharing that with people. And even challenges that come up for you at work, they're not challenges anymore. It's not like, oh, I have to be on this conference call. I don't want to do that. If, it, if anything, it's like, oh my God, I'm so excited to talk to these people. Or even if it's scary, yes, but this is going to take me one step closer to what I want to be doing. And it's just, it fills you up with like after a coaching call for me, I could be exhausted going in after it's over. I want to turn on music and dance and I'm just on fire and you're just so lit up. And imagine feeling that way and how that radiates out around you to affect your whole life, your relationship with your partner, with your children, with your friends. You have energy to go and work out maybe after, after you're done working. Um, I mean, so many different things, the way you, you have energy to clean your house. I mean, whatever it is, your whole life shifts. It's like a ripple effect. And so um, it's worth it. What I can say is that it's really, really worth it. It's really worth it to, to go for it. Because the thing is, I don't think you're ever going to want to stop wanting that thing. I don't. And so if not now, then when? Have, were you wanting this thing? Have you thought about it maybe 10 years ago or even better yet? Can you imagine still doing what you're doing now, 10, 20 years from now? Will you be happy then continuing to do this? When, when is that going to change? So why not now? This is actually kind of the perfect opportunity to play with it. And the thing is, as I mentioned, it doesn't have to be sudden or extreme or dramatic, but just give yourself the gift of letting yourself open up and be curious and just start following those little intuitive hits that you have and just whatever it makes you curious, go for it and at least get more information about it. Awesome. Everyone, my goodness, are you going to want to rewatch and take notes? <laughs> if you are in a career that you're not ecstatic about, or you're wanting to go into a career that you are ecstatic about, this is such a beautiful blueprint that Denise has laid out here for really beginning to explore what that could look like for you. I love that intuitive hits, follow the intuition, and looking at it as something that, where's that spot of joy you had? When was that time that you got really excited? We, you know, we'll have to put lots of disclaimers up here for the imaginary world, but <laughs> luckily we all had a, 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 an experience of the world six, seven weeks ago, however long ago before this all started, where we can reference to that of those times where we were really excited, those times where something spoke to us and start matching that up to everything. I love, 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 love the idea of, of being in change in that sometimes we have to be forced into it that, you know, for some of us to make that change, we have to go to that place where it's almost a darker place. But what's been the gift that's been given to us all right now is the world has forced us to it. What that means is, is that you don't have to travel that path and go that dark space alone to confront what you may really have in your heart, what you really want to do. You're confronting it with the entire world around you. Now, there are some people that are going to be doing things that they're passionate about and love, but there are millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of people right now who may be in the very same place as you are, looking themselves in the mirror, asking the question about who am I and who do I want to be and what do I really want to do? The flashlight. You know, it's funny to, it's funny to use the metaphor of the flashlight because now we all have our cell phones and they have a little flashlight feature out of it. It's hard to sometimes justify keeping a flashlight around, but I don't know about you and I keep one around just in case. And maybe just perhaps if you've been holding on to your flashlight, it's because this is your opportunity to go and explore into the wild yourself. It's to realize that the path before you is not completely laid out. It's one step at a time and that if you use your light, it will guide you one step at a time and it'll illuminate the next couple. You don't need to know the whole journey. You don't need to know the whole path. What you do need to know 
is you need to know that the path will appear if you agree to walk it. Denise, this has been absolutely, absolutely incredible. Thank you so, so much for sharing with us. What a blessing this has been. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. It was very, it, I love our chat. Thank you. Absolutely. We'll see you next time, everyone, on another edition of A Handful of Hope. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you're finding value in these conversations, please rate and review on Apple, Google, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite place is to listen to